In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. No one is above the law. Or at least that's how we hope it would be in our society. That we'd be a nation governed by laws and not by the will or whims of men. That even our police and judges, our congressmen and congresswomen, even our president would be subject to the law. But even in the most absolutist state, where the word of the dictator or king is the law of the land, it is nonetheless the case that no one is above the law. For there is a law far above all human laws to which all men are subject, regardless of time or place or station of birth. All men are born subject to the law of God, which is written into the very fabric of the creation itself by our Creator, and they are accountable to it. This, of course, is a very important aspect of the American political tradition. It is in the Declaration of Independence that all men are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Our justification for rebellion against King George was that he had violated that natural law. Even the despot will be held accountable to Almighty God on the day of judgment. And there is no pleading ignorance before the throne of God. For as Paul says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. No one is above the law of God, not the president Not the Prime Minister of England, not Russia's Putin, nor Kim Jong-un in North Korea. All will stand before the judgment of God. No one is above the law, save one, Christ our Lord. He is truly above the law. The law does not apply to him according to his divinity. He cannot break the law because the law is his own will. The law wasn't written for him. It was written for us. But the miracle of Christmas, that which we celebrate these 12 days and indeed the entire year long, is that which Paul proclaims in our epistle text. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. In the fullness of time, according to God's eternal will, precisely as he had planned it before he laid the foundations of the earth, before time itself even began, Jesus came into our world. The eternal logos became a creature and was born of a woman under the law in order to redeem those under the law. And if no one save him who was with the father in the beginning and born of the virgin 
is above the law, then he has come to redeem everyone, to save us all. This humiliation, this condescension, his self-subjugation to the law was not passive, meaning that the Father did not send the Son apart from his own will or his desire. It was the Son's eager desire because of his love for man, because of his love for you, that he would come to take human flesh, that he would become one of us. Indeed, the Son denies himself in order to redeem us. He gives up, in part and for a time, his divine rights and attributes. For us and for our salvation, he sets aside, for a time, the full use of his divine powers to redeem us. He goes as a lamb to the slaughter, willing to pay what it takes to reconcile us to himself. He who is by nature above the law became subject to the law. And there are two broad aspects to his being subject to the law. His active obedience and his passive obedience. His active obedience is that while being under the law, he did not sin. He was the first of all men to give a yes and amen to all that the Father commanded. He did not do anything that the law forbade, and he did all that it commanded. Both the moral law and the ceremonial law that was given once in time to Israel. That means that he never coveted, he never lusted, he never held a grudge. He never got jealous or petty or hurt anyone with his words or deeds. Now he did get angry and he did rebuke people for their sins, but his anger was just and his rebuke righteous. And so his harsh words, his pronouncements of the law were precisely the tough medicine needed by those sinners whom he rebuked. They were spoken, he spoke these words to drive them to repentance, to the gospel that he freely gives. He also did everything that the law commanded. He honored Mary and Joseph, loved his neighbor as himself. He was under the law, but the law had no accusation to make against him because he willingly subjected himself to it and he did it all. He fulfilled it. That was his active obedience. His passive obedience is the other side of the coin. It is that he allowed the law to do to him everything that it should have done to us. Primarily, that means that he allowed the law to punish him for sin. That punishment, that outpouring of divine justice culminates on the cross. He is forsaken by the Father to pay the wages for sin. But that suffering included other indignities. Being born under the law meant that he was subject to the cruelties of this fallen world and fallen men. Thus he is hunted by Herod as a babe and must flee to Egypt of all places for safety. He is hated and slandered by the Pharisees, the scribes, and the chief priests. He is betrayed by those whom he loved, Judas, for the 30 pieces of silver, Peter, who denied him at his trial, and all the disciples besides John, who fled when things got rough. And then it means he must also submit to the ceremonial law, even having two pigeons sacrificed for him in the temple. Having been born under the law, 
also means that he doesn't gain his wisdom or his learning by magic or divine right. It is something odd to think about. But Jesus had to be potty trained. Imagine the Son of God having an accident. To all you kids in school, or who are laboring under the burden of memorizing your catechism and confirmation class, the Lord had to study too. He had to grow and learn by work and effort, often without recognition or praise. He was to be taken for granted, resented and maligned like us all. All of this is his passive obedience, suffering and experiencing all that we who are born under the law must suffer and experience. All this to redeem those who are born under the law. He doesn't come into our world as a full-grown man and go straight to the cross. He is born under the law. He endures all that we endure, including imperfect government, friends, and parents. And to our Roman Catholic friends, yes, even the Blessed Virgin Mary was imperfect, as the Gospels well testify. He knows all our heartaches. He mourns. He regrets. He feels frustration. He makes himself a sacrifice worthy of our sins in this very deliberate way. He doesn't merely take on the form of man. He doesn't wear a costume. He doesn't put on a man suit. He is man. But he is a man without sin. The perfect man. The man whom God created us to be. And he is not just man, but he is God, who is love with whom nothing is impossible, and his mercy endureth forever. And thus we, who are born under the law, are no longer slaves. Hear again the words of the Apostle Apostle Paul. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. He calls us sons. He makes us sons. He who is above the law, by becoming subject to the law, frees us from the curse of the law. His inheritance is ours by grace. We are born from above. His name, the only name given under heaven by which men can be saved. The name Jesus, Yahweh, Yahweh saves, is carried by water and the Spirit, and it is placed upon you. And so again I say to you this Christmas season, rejoice, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Unto you is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Born of the Virgin Mary under the law, circumcised on the eighth day according to the law of Moses, purified according to the law of Moses, baptized to fulfill all righteousness, crucified, risen, justified for you and for your salvation. Amen. The ushers may come forward to receive the offering.